brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the betters box. This is ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Monday, October 19th. I am your host, Adam Burke. I'm going to talk about the World Series here that begins on Tuesday night. Figured I'd go ahead and do the betters box here on Monday, give you a little bit of extra lead time to get my thoughts for the matchup between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. As you know, we have moved Kyle Hunter from Monday to Wednesday so that he can take advantage of the totals market getting posted. We talk all the time about market entry and the importance of that. And because he gets a lot of closing line value on his totals and because they generally come out around the time that we're scheduled to record, we decided to go ahead and move his segments from Monday to Wednesday here on ATS Radio. So you'll hear Kyle on Wednesday. Brian Blessing will join me tomorrow on Tuesday to talk NFL Week 7 and the Zozo Championship, this week's golf tournament. Thursday, Brad Powers talks college football and the NFL. Friday, my picks for week seven in the Circus Sports Million. This will be the second to last edition of the Betters Box for the season. If there is a game seven, I'll talk about it next Monday. If there isn't, then I'll just focus on a recap of this weird 60-game season, the expanded playoffs, all the different things that we saw this year, how much of it carries over into next season. I'll talk all about that on next Monday's edition of the Betters Box. And after that, we'll see what we do with Mondays here on ATS Radio. Might just take the day off, might add another show. We'll figure it out uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Updated college football power ratings posted over at ATS.io today. Spent a lot of time over the weekend adding the Big Ten, Mountain West, Pac-12, and the MAC. 127 teams now power rated in my list. Got my list of where the teams stand, got the adjustments that I made this week, and also my lines for week eight of the college football season posted over at ATS.io. We'll do updates of the Circus Sports Million and the Super Contest tomorrow. Uh, my Circa Million entry, two and two going into tonight with the Dallas Cowboys still pending. Our other entry went four and one, and I got some things to talk about with that in that recap article. Also over at the website this week, we'll write up a new round of sportsbook promotions. Plenty of things going on. All of these sportsbooks vying for customers, vying for clients. We'll write about those new promotions 
over at ATS.io throughout the course of the week. All right, so let's go ahead and talk World Series here. Rays versus Dodgers. Rays plus 160, Dodgers minus 200 at points bet, bet rivers, and DraftKings. As I was putting together my notes here for this morning, Rays plus 160, Dodgers minus 193 over at BetMGM. So as always, you want to shop around for the best prices. Right now, it looks like the series price pretty consistent across the board on the Rays as well as the Dodgers, but you may find better lines, give or take a few cents here or there. Again, very important as always to be shopping around for the best prices that are out there. When you look at this matchup, the fact of the matter is, even though we went seven games in the ALCS and the NLCS, the two best teams from this season are meeting in the World Series. And I liked the Rays all the way back in March, wound up not playing any additional futures with them with the weird 60-game season, but did talk about liking the Rays quite a bit back when we were doing the season preview shows on late February and early March before all the shit hit the fan and, and everything got completely changed uh, around the world, certainly in the sports world as well. So the Rays do ultimately get there. It's a little bit of a surprising path for them with all the bullpen injuries and all the things that they had to contend with, but it speaks to the organizational strength of this team. It speaks to the quality of Kevin Cash as a manager and just simply speaks to the fact that, look, they outfox teams. You know, that they, they made a lot of good deals over the season at the trade deadline. They picked up a lot of quality arms. They've developed a lot of quality arms. This is just a really, really good front office. And I wouldn't mind seeing them get rewarded for all of their hard work and all of their smart efforts from an analytics standpoint, from a player acquisition standpoint, from a player development stat standpoint. This is a model organization in Major League Baseball, especially when you talk about a team that just cannot compete financially with a team like the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been built for one sole purpose, and it is to win a World Series at any cost. They get Mookie Betts. They've got a bunch of high-priced talent in the lineup. In fairness to them, they have done a pretty good job drafting and developing as well. You know, guys like Corey Seager and Gavin Lux, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, stuff like that. They've done a good job developing talent into quality major league talent, whether they've developed it in-house or made some trades and transactions to get some guys. This is a very smart front office as well. The difference is they have a blank checkbook that they can use, whereas the Rays really don't. But the big thing is here, again, these are the two best teams meeting in the World Series. And I think if you go back to the 2016 World Series, depending on your view of the Cleveland Indians, who probably for all intents and purposes were the best team in the American League that year because it was kind of a down year for the AL as a whole, you could make a case for Boston, I guess. But I think the Indians, you know, with Andrew Miller and Cody Allen in the form that they were in, they were probably the best team in the AL that year. So nine of the last 10 World Series teams, at least in my opinion, and this is kind of subjective, have been the best teams in baseball. So you know, maybe this just hope to get in kind of strategy isn't going to work out all that well for teams as we go forward. But even in this weird 2020 season, even with the expanded playoffs with eight teams, I think we're still getting the two best teams in baseball here in this series. So we'll see how everything plays out. But, you know, the Rays here, I think this is a really interesting angle to try and handicap here for the World Series is that 
Tampa Bay in the ALCS against Astros pitching batted 209 with a 295 on base and a 407 slugging percentage. That was in the California bubble. Now they're going to Globe Life Field, where, as we know, offense generally has been pretty suppressed. So there is that for the Rays here. You do wonder about their offense and if they'll be able to keep up with a Dodgers team that just hit 256 with a 355 on base and a 456 slugging in the NLCS. The roof has been open at Globe Life Field, but we no, we saw some offensive fireworks in that Dodgers and Braves series. It certainly plays different with the roof open than it does with the roof closed. But, you know, you wonder about the Rays here offensively going into this series. And look, they've hit 25 home runs here in the playoffs so far to only 18 for the Dodgers. But that's really the only way that the Rays are scoring. You know, you've got a sub 300 OBP in the last series, a sub 210 batting average, still managed to slug 407 from hitting the home runs. The Dodgers are doing things a little bit different of a way offensively. Yeah, they've hit some big home runs in this uh, in these playoffs, the Will Smith home run, uh, of course, the Cody Bellinger home run in game seven, but they're also drawing a lot more walks than they did in the regular season. I'll talk about that more here in a little bit as well. So it is a little bit scary to me that the Dodgers are not nearly as reliant on the home run as the Rays are, given that Tampa is going now to a ballpark that really does suppress offense in a lot of ways. A lot of one and done for the Rays, you know, a walk and a dinger, a single and a dinger, stuff like that. The Dodgers, 58 walks drawn in the playoffs here so far. That's 11 more than the Rays, and they've played two fewer games. The Rays were one of the top teams in the regular season in walk rate. In fact, they were fourth in walk percentage during the regular season. The Dodgers were 12th. But the Dodgers, who walked 9.8% of the time in the regular season, have walked 12.4% of the time in the playoffs. So this Dodgers offense still making a lot of hard contact, but now they've also supplemented that with some higher walk rates as well. So, you know, L.A. getting a big nod offensively in this series. Now, one thing we do have to worry about is that Cody Bellinger is hurt again. He popped out his shoulder after his home run uh, in game seven, kind of celebrating, doing some things with the, uh, on his path back to the dugout, did hurt his arm. The trainers did pop it back in, but you wonder what sort of, of, of additional damage was done possibly to the labrum or something like that. Kind of saw that being talked about on social media yesterday. Bellinger, of course, as we know, is also a very good outfielder. So it's not like the Dodgers want to put this guy in a DH role and just let him hit. He's also a very good defensive player. So we'll see if the Rays get any kind of advantage, if maybe they get a little bit more aggressive tagging up against that throwing shoulder, stuff like that. We'll have to kind of wait and see. One thing that I think could level the playing field a little bit here for the Rays is that they have two full days off before this series begins. The Dodgers were forced to come back from being down 3-1, to Dustin May was gassed. He threw 53 or 55 pitches on Friday, 18 pitches on Sunday, and he really wasn't anywhere near the plate for the most part uh, when he started that appearance in game seven. Julio Urias, three spectacular innings on Sunday. He only threw 39 pitches though, so he might be okay coming back. But Blake Trainin threw three straight days Friday to Sunday. 
Bruce Star Grader all through three out of four. You know, how healthy is Clayton Kershaw? How healthy is Walker Bueller? Walker Bueller was on the IL in the last week of the regular season. Came back. He didn't look great in game one, looked a lot better in game six. But, you know, this Dodgers pitching staff, you wonder about them. You know, after you likely get Kershaw in game one and then Bueller in game two, then what do you get? Do you get a full start from Dustin May? Do you get Julio Urias? Do you want to save Urias as kind of that fireman type of role, the multi-inning relief role that he thrived in in game seven? I think there are a lot of questions here for the Dodgers with how they put together the pitching staff for this series. And I don't think those questions exist for the Rays. You know, two full days off, that helps them align their starting rotation. I would expect we see Tyler Glass now in game one, Blake Snell in game two, Charlie Morton in game three. And they also have the added benefit of a legit fourth starter in Ryan Yarborough for game four. The Dodgers are going to have to sort of cobble a lot of things together. The Rays, I think they know exactly how they're going to wind up putting their lineup together here or their rotation together here. So I think that's something that does benefit Tampa Bay a little bit in this series. And they're going to need it. You know, they played elite level defense in the ALCS. They only batted 201, 296, 379 in that series. Houston batted 260, 350, 401. The Rays, of course, were up 3-0, could have finished it, went to game seven, found a way to survive and advance. But Houston's offense was much better in that series than Tampa Bay's. So that's basically the crux of the argument here for this series. You've got the Rays pitching in defense against the Dodgers hitting and their depth of arms. Guys like Urias and May and Tony Gonsolin and you know Alex Wood, a guy that can contribute a little bit. Dylan Floro, possibly a guy that can't contribute a little bit. Uh, so you know, I think that you've got a really interesting series here because you've got pitching and defense predominantly against offense. And what do you favor here in this World Series format? Well, I guess that's the question that we have to answer here. One other thing that I think is pretty interesting about this series is that I think Kevin Cash is a much, much better manager than Dave Roberts. I think this could be a big advantage here for the Rays, that Kevin Cash, I think, gets it, and Dave Roberts, I think, really doesn't. I think Dave Roberts is a guy that struggles and could hurt the Dodgers at the margins in this series, depending on how he handles that bullpen. So that will be something worth watching here as we go along. Now, the Rays, second highest strikeout percentage in the regular season. The Dodgers, for all the great arms that they have, they actually weren't all that high in strikeout rate, in K per nine with either the starters or the relievers. So I'll be curious to see how that dynamic plays out here because I think back to the Mike Petrello tweet from before the season. Mike Petrello, of course, with MLB.com, MLB Advanced Media, and StatCast. And I cited this a lot coming into the season. Major League Baseball win percentage from 2015 through 2019, which is the period of StatCast. And of course, this year's StatCast going from Hawkeye to TrackMan, so things are a little bit different. But from 2015 through 2019, the team with the higher exit velocity in a game won 60.4% of the time. Team with more hard-hit balls, batted balls of 95-plus miles per hour, won 71.5% of the time. The team with more barreled balls, 77.4% of the time, a winner. So when we look at these two teams here, in average exit velocity, 
Dodgers number one in baseball, 89.6 miles per hour. The Rays 10th at 88.6. Dodgers number one in 95 plus mile per hour batted balls with 697. Tampa Bay 17th with 534. Dodgers first in barrels with 164. Tampa Bay ninth with 117. So when you consider that, even though this is a small sample size of up to seven games, it would appear that the Dodgers will have the higher exit velocity, will have more hard hit balls, will have more barrels. On the other hand, on the pitching side, how do things shake out there? Well, Tampa Bay pitching second in average exit velocity allowed at 86.8 miles per hour. Dodgers fourth at 87.2. In batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour allowed, the Dodgers were fourth at 487, Tampa Bay seventh at 514. But massive difference in offensive strength against. Remember, the regular season was all division games. The Rays faced the Yankees, who are always up at the top of the list in exit velocity. The Red Sox, who weren't a good team, but still have a lot of very capable and very good offensive pieces. And the Blue Jays, who of course have a lot of capable offensive bats as well. The Dodgers face the Padres. And and who else? You know, now we did have the interleague play as well, where the Rays faced a good Braves offense, good Nationals pieces. The Mets had a very good offense this year as well. It was kind of hidden by the fact that they didn't wind up with the results, but the Mets had a good offense. The Phillies, they have good offensive pieces. The Dodgers, sure, they faced Oakland and Houston in interleague play, but also the Rangers and the Mariners and the Angels, who were not good offensive teams. So the Rays did face much better offense than the Dodgers did during the regular season, and their pitching staff still held up pretty well. Dodgers only allowed 80 barrels. That was the fewest in baseball. The Rays allowed 100. That was fifth. But again, the Rays faced much better opposing offenses. So what do we do here? How do we package all of this information where, you know, to to a degree, the Dodgers, their pitching staff is probably a little bit underrated coming into this series because they're going up against a Rays pitching staff that everybody really loves. And we know that the Dodgers have the better offense between these two teams. So plus 160 minus 200. Look, the Dodgers probably win this series. But I think at the big plus money number, with the fact that the Rays do have their rotation pretty much set up here, I think at plus 160, there's some value on the Rays. I think that the Dodgers probably win this series. Fangraphs puts the Dodgers at 67.6%. That implies about minus 209 on the line. So in that respect, you could argue that maybe the Dodgers price is a few cents cheaper. But I like how the Rays are set up here with their rotation. I think they're in far better shape in that regard because they've got their four guys lined up already. The Dodgers really don't. You know, it would be Kershaw in game one if the back allows it, Bueller in game two, and then, you know, who knows? Some combination of May and Gonsolin and Urias and some of the other guys that, you know, pitch uh, bulk relief for them. The Rays, Glasnow, Snell, Morton, Yarborough. If that's how they want to do it, they can set it up that way. They could use an opener for Yarborough if they want to, because something that's kind of interesting here, and I talked about this going into the Braves series, is that the Dodgers were tied for first in weighted runs created plus against righties 
They were eighth against lefties, and they were still 13% above league average, but they were 26% above league average against righties. So with the Rays here, you've got Blake Snell, you've got Ryan Yarbrough, you've got Josh Fleming. Is that enough? Will that be enough for the Rays to pull off this upset here? The roof was open for the NLCS, even on that real weird windy day. The extended forecast looks fine for the roof to be open. Again, this is not a great offensive ballpark, but the Dodgers at least have some experience playing here. The Rays do not. This was a brand new ballpark. So, you know, kind of outfield angles, sight lines, stuff like that, the feel of the mound. These are all things that maybe could help the Dodgers a little bit in game one. We'll kind of have to wait and see, you know, what that, uh, what that sort of looks like as everything plays out. But I also think that the big outfield, the fact that the ball doesn't carry super well, that benefits this Rays outfield defense, which is really, really good. So it, it's, I think it's a hard series to handicap from a series price standpoint. Again, the Dodgers, clearly the better offense, will probably make the harder contact in this series, could very well put more balls in play than the Rays do. And also the Dodgers walking a lot more. You know, is that something that the Rays are able to suppress? Can they keep the Dodgers off the base paths with the walk? That could be the most important attribute and element of this series, most important characteristic of this series, because we know that the Rays have to win in low-scoring environments. The Dodgers are plenty capable of winning in high-scoring environments with their offense. So I think there are a lot of questions here about this series this could be a series one at the margins i think the biggest thing about this series is that it probably goes long so i think you know over under five and a half games something like that may be a pretty good bet here i do think this is a lengthy series because you've got a raised bullpen that if they get leads will be very likely to protect it so i think we're in line for a great world series and you've got all the different storylines that you want you know you've got the smart savvy low-budget organization against the smart blank checkbook organization. You've got hitting versus pitching. You've got a very good elite manager in Kevin Cash against an average to below-average manager in Dave Roberts. A lot of storylines to look at here for this series. And again, like I said, from a series price standpoint, I don't think I love either side of this. I think that plus 160, you can make an argument for the Rays. I think they are probably a better team than people realize. But this Dodgers offense is very scary. And the Rays, if they don't pitch well, will be up against it. The margin for error for Tampa Bay in this series, I think, is pretty small. So, you know, if you don't want to take on that risk, then you either take the Dodgers or you find a more creative way to play this series. I won't have a series price. Uh, Kudos to anybody that has the Rays from before the season. If you do, you've got some decisions to make here on how you want to hedge. You know, if the Dodgers win game one, hedging becomes very difficult. If the Rays win game one, well, you either let it ride or you get, you know, a pretty decent price on the Dodgers. So that's kind of a tough question you have to answer here as you go throughout. But from a game-by-game standpoint, Uh, Like I said, you know, I think you probably look for a little bit lower scoring of an environment. The Rays are not a good offensive team. They're fine. They're not on the Dodgers level. You know, they're not walking as much as they did in the regular season. So that's a bit concerning to me. Uh, They do strike out a lot. 
So I think you probably look for a lower scoring environment. And if you get lower scoring, that does benefit the Rays. So again, I think that there are cases you can make on both sides here of this series. I don't really have a well-defined series price, but you know, I do want to see how things start to play out here. Uh, and again, you know, I do wonder about how the Dodgers are going to set up their rotation for the middle games here of this series. Like I said, if we have a game seven, I'll talk about it next Monday on the show. If we don't, then I'll just simply focus on a recap of the baseball season. I'll do that either way. Talk about what these 60 games mean to me. Again, talk about you know some of the philosophical differences I'll make going into the 2021 season. Uh, but for now, let's just enjoy the World Series because you know what? A few months ago, it didn't look like we were going to get to this point. The playoff bubbles have worked. No new positive cases for Major League Baseball in over 50 days. So let's just enjoy this World Series and see what it brings between the Rays and the Dodgers. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk with Brian Blessing about week seven of the NFL on tomorrow's show. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 